What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hello. Big one. 300 episodes. Three. That's not... You're lying. There's no way. Uh, yeah. I. It's true. Maybe uh, 70. <laughs> I feel like 300? 300 is a lot. Like, there's no way. There's that's a lot, a lot yeah. of episodes. I mean, that's... Yeah. Man. Where's our life well, going? What am I doing? I, <laughs> My time. Wow. No offense, uh, but God, <laughs> you're you're enjoying your life by talking about NBA history. That's no, I love it. Doing. I love it. I'm kidding. Like, yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah. No, it's it's a lot of fun. Obviously, uh, yeah. So we decided, hey, what are we gonna do for 300 episodes? It's a lot of episodes. It's you know pretty key milestone. We did something special for you know episode 100, episode 200, episode 300. What are we gonna do? We're reviewing oh. the movie 300. The movie 300, yeah, which is... that's what I prepared, <laughs> so hopefully oh, that's yeah. what we're doing. Weird. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, um, actually, what we decided to do, we're just going to talk about some guys. So some I watched that for... I watched... 300 for no reason? Yeah. yeah. All right. Other than to just enjoy yourself? And, <laughs> just to enjoy and, Gerard Butler and, and, and all of his glory. A, <laughs> yeah, enjoy a spectacle of violence, you know, um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, all right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's do some guys. Yeah. Whatever the other thing right. you said was. Yeah. We'll do that. Some guys. All right. So yes, we decided. Hey, <laughs> let's talk about some guys who did stuff that was involved with the number three hundred. So like Gerard Butler. <laughs> exactly. Gerard, right. exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. We. I got. It. I, I yes. see. I see. Okay. So we're gonna go over sure. the people that were in three hundred. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. I'm right, done with the I, bit. Yeah. The three hundred bit is done. All right. Continue. The entire cast. Yes. The entire cast of three hundred. So, um. Yes. So some milestones, some accomplishments. So. You know, um, foibles, anything that involves the number 300, we're going to talk about it. And well, hopefully it'll be a good episode. If it 's sucks, well, you know, we had, you had 299 other Yeah, 299 were all pretty damn good. So, you know yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> so listen to one of those and forget this. So, <laughs> yes. So first, players exactly 300 games played in their career. So um, just a very small handful of guys who have accomplished this face. Fates, excuse me, in the NBA and the ABA. First of all, Dan Dickow. He's a point guard. He played for six teams between the years 2003 and 2008. Averaged 5.8 points per game, 2.6 uh, assists per game. And not really known for much of in his playing career, but he was involved in a couple of notable trades, including the 2004 Rasheed Wallace trade between the Blazers and the Hawks, in which he played one game for the Hawks. And the 2007 Blazers-Knicks swap that included Zach Randolph and Steve Francis. Um, ending the Steve Francis era, beginning the Zach Randolph era, it was both were quite illustrious areas, obviously. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. the uh, the Dan Dickow era did not, you know, was not quite as uh, as, as beautiful. But, yeah, what, what can you do? So um, he's now a broadcaster for various outlets, including ESPN, primarily in the uh, Northwest. He's a lot of Gonzaga stuff, according to Google searches. Now. Is he really like hot takey, or am I mixing up with somebody? I'm else? trying to remember if he is. I don't watch a whole lot of that stuff okay. anymore, so I don't right. remember. I don't. I want to say no, uh, okay. but I could be wrong. I, I'm sorry if he is a hot takey, right. but I don't, yeah. I don't recall him being hot takey. I, I do remember I, him. You know, obviously yeah. in the early early years of Gonzaga, like one of the first few like bona fide like good Gonzaga players like a guy that was putting that thing sure, you know that sure. that and right. now it's like second nature they're always like in the number one they're always like a tournament favorite they're always doing this stuff right. I don't think they've yeah. haven't won a national title yet they've gotten very 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 close many times sure. but uh yeah he was I, to me one of the, uh, the really original early early like hey this guy is good and I'm Gonzaga yeah. what is Gonzaga right. like what, what is Gonzaga? this what is that Gonzaga? where is this what is this what and then like yeah. that was you know 20 years ago and they've been pretty much solid as hell ever since Sure. Um, so yeah, that, that's at least what I remember most about uh, Dan Dickow's okay. career. But I do not know if he's hot takey. Probably, right. unless you're mixing I, him up with Kendrick Perkins, which happens to a lot of people. So uh, <laughs> Dan Dickow, yeah. not Kendrick Perkins. If you see that, if you see a guy and you go, "Whoa, who's that?" Is that Dan Dickow? 
No, Kendrick it's Perkins, probably yeah. Kendrick Perkins. Probably Kendrick yeah, Perkins. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that's a game. They, they very often. I mean, yeah, it, it's right. it's they're pretty indistinguishable. Uh, once all you get right. the TV makeup on and stuff, it's it's hard to tell the difference between the two. Yeah, no, so. I, I I get it. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, perhaps there is a former NBA player or somebody in the NBA journalism sphere who has a similar name to Dan Dicka who is giving all these hot takes. Cause yeah, I, I did a search and I was like, Oh yeah, is Dan Dicka the guy? He, it's like, he's, he's fused like, like, Rick or Lee you think of a Dakich? Uh, oh yes. 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 Dan Dakich, I think of. is who you're yeah. thinking of. Yes. Right. yes. 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 There you go. Okay. Different guy, not an NBA player, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what Dan Dakich is career. I know at one point right. he, I want to say he was player. the university of Indiana coach at a point. I might Ooh. be wrong about that. I don't right. remember, but okay. Yeah, I, I think that I think that's who you might be thinking of. Dan Deck, I think you are correct. Yes. So Indiana was a bowling green coach. Did not play in the NBA apparently. So okay. All right. Dakich. Dan Dakich. Yes. Yeah, sorry to Dan Dickow. Oh. Or maybe not. We don't really know. It might okay. I, it's very possible that both of them are hot take artists, but I don't I think Dan Dickow is, is stays on the straight and arrow, but uh cannot confirm that. Yeah. No, I yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and assume unless we have any evidence to the contrary, because obviously we are a, a we are an innocent until proven guilty podcast. Correct, correct. So um, we are gonna go ahead and assume that Dan Dickow is innocent of any um, <laughs> hot tax, hot tax, hot tax. <laughs> I've had a couple of drinks before this uh, show. You know, celebrating three. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Show. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah a few sure. of the words are gonna be a little bit different, but you know, it's, it's all good. So, um, yes, so. Now we've got Bill Garnett, not Kevin Garnett. Oh, Bill, yeah. I often confused, obviously. Again, you know. yeah, 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 yeah. Bill, Bill uh, Garnett. Yeah. Bill Garnett, power forward uh, center, played for the Mavs and the Pacers between 1983 and 1986. Average 5.5 points per game, 4.3 rebounds per game. Um, we're going to need to get Reynus's verdict on this matter, but I think – I suspect that we are officially going to be able to call him a big white stiff. Yeah, he yeah, six nine, didn't really do anything. Played a couple years. Yeah, right. probably. I, I I think it's probably a fair assessment, having not seen any video. I didn't study my Bill, Bill Carnett tapes before the show, but uh I, I think that's pretty fair. But I I I, I hate to do it before Reynus can 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 rule on it. So maybe he can uh when he listens to this, he can let us know. We can get the official yeah, word. But, we will uh, definitely, yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to Reynus, make sure they get the official word because, yeah, I do think that the the audience really wants to know if Bill Garnett can officially be known as a, as a big white star. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right, all right, fair enough. Okay, Wendell Ladner, small forward, averaging 11.6 points per game, 8.3 rebounds per game, played for four ABA teams, most uh, mostly played for the Memphis Pros and Tams. Actually, was a two-time ABA All-Star. Member of the uh, 1974 Nets championship team, served as an enforcer for Julius Irving, uh, best known probably for his Nets stint. Also, one of the true all-time great characters of the ABA, known for getting into a lot of fights, being a ladies' man, and for if you Google it, if you Google Wendell Ladner, the Burt Reynolds-like promotional <laughs> poster of him posing with nothing but an ABA ball. Yeah, I, I think he has a very, if I remember correctly. He has a very small, small pair of shorts on as well. I don't believe he's, All right, well, he's fully. But it it was yes. recreated as well in uh, Semi-Pro. If you remember right. in Semi-Pro in the, the Will Ferrell yeah. movie, he is not wearing anything else. Will Ferrell is just right. wearing the sure. ball. Uh, but if you see that, and I remember that scene, that scene is, is a reference uh, to Wendell Ladner's uh, very, very strange photo. And, like, I, I guess he was a ladies' man. Like, I'm not one to judge. No. Uh, but, right. like, he doesn't look that attractive. Like, I don't know, but... Well. In you know, 1974, I guess maybe it, it worked for some yeah, people, but it was uh, a yeah, he yeah. is not. I, I mean, saying. I would not classify him as a sexy man, but uh, right. <laughs> I, I do think that he was known for pursuing the ladies, perhaps. So okay, perhaps I mean, but, yeah. you know, he plays yeah. professional ball. I got a mustache. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's yeah. you know, hey, why not? <laughs> that's halfway there in the 70s, yeah. you know, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so, yes, unfortunately, um, Ladner, he died at the age of 26 in a 1975 crash, Eastern Airlines Flight 66. He's actually was identified because he had his Nets championship ring on uh, during that time. Yeah. So, obviously, sad tragedy in the um, ABA and in basketball history. His, his number um, was sort of semi-retired for a long time by the Nets. They, they did not have anyone 
um, used the number four for a very long time um, outside of, uh, I, think, I think Rick Mahorn used it, but for you know, a very long time, they did not use it. Number eight. It appears that they've kind of brought it back in circulation. He's not among the, um, uh, the banners that have been retired, but, you know, I think the, the trainer of the team, you know, was, um, did not uh, issue anyone else that number for right. a very long time in memory of uh, Wendell Anderson. So definitely, I know Julie Serving said a lot of great things about him. You know, he mentions him, of course, talks about the stories about uh, him in his book and how you know he was definitely important to the chemistry of that team and um, you know that that seventy four championship. So mm-hmm. you know, definitely a, a, a notable guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we've got Ray Lump. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, point guard, shooting guard, known best for his playmaking. Born in Brooklyn, grew up in Queens, New York City boy. After serving in World War II, played college basketball for NYU, and he was on the team that made the finals of the 1940 NIT tournament along with Dolph Shays. Um, actually competed in the 1948 Summer Olympics, part of the men's basketball team that won the gold medal. Uh, he played for the Indianapolis Jets in their only season, 1949 was traded to the Knicks. He averaged 12.7 points per game his rookie year, which he doesn't tell all that much, but was actually 15th in the league at the time. So, you know, um, a pretty notable number in terms of that. Um, so he benefited somewhat by being with the Knicks because the Knicks were actually really good. They made three straight finals, mm-hmm. but he didn't get a lot of minutes behind Dick McGuire, Max Zaslowski, Ernie Vandewey. He did appear in the finals in, in 51 with the Knicks. He, they nearly overcame the um, 3-0 deficit that year before losing Game 7. And also in 52, uh, was traded to the Baltimore Bills in the 53 season um, in the end of his career after that season, age 29. And then following his basketball career, he was the director of the New York Athletic Club almost 50 years. The, the NYAC was very influential in Olympic track and field, particularly in the 50s and 60s. And then was the uh, during that time there was a, a huge controversy regarding the athletic club at, during the '60s. Jackie Robinson and others urged a boycott of the, some of the events that they were sponsoring, um, including a Madison Square Garden, accusing the club of racial and uh, of racial and religious discrimination and admitting new members. Um, later on, he would attend the 2012 Olympics at the invitation of Mike Shchevsky. Um, said he hoped Lump's achievements in life after the Olympics could set an example for his players. Uh, his quote to the Associated Press, I do think it will help our players understand that at some point in their lives, they will be Ray Lump. So, there you go. <laughs> I, can't Lump. Tell, I can't tell if that's nice or demeaning or... Seems nice. Yeah. I can't tell. It's, I mean, it's Coach K, so there's probably a little tinge of, but like, I can't tell if it's, you know, I guess it's nice, but I yeah, don't know. It's right. also like, we're all going to be really long. Yeah. yeah like, yeah, hey, you're all going to be old I'm as hell. Really like he, there's so a way they're, to interpret it that it's like, he's being really old. mean. He's yeah. like, Hey, here's this old guy. This is all going to be you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, go out I, there and work hard for me or something. It's like, what? I, I think, yeah, I think the idea is like, yeah, your, your playing career is going to end. Right, and then right, right. You're going to make something in your life. And here's what Ray left it. So, yeah. 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 And yeah. also this guy was in the Olympics, you know, 60 years ago or whatever so right. yeah, here's, yeah you know just to keep in and, mind uh, you know and of course that 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 48 team didn't really make a mark you know that was the team that had all those you know kentucky players that eventually became the indianapolis olympians and mm-hmm. then you know that so th- so they were you know certainly a big deal for the time you know that was one of the first you know basketball teams that really made any kind of mark you know in in terms of you know beyond just the sporting world of basketball you actually had any like national notoriety so there was a big deal at the time for sure all right, we got Stanley Roberts. He was a center. He played for five teams between 1992 and 2000, mostly for the Clippers, averaged 8.5 points per game and 5.2 rebounds per game. So, all right, little caveat here. So his Wikipedia page says he was said to have the potential to be the best center of all time, which somewhat skeptical about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I so I remember Stanley Roberts, and yeah, there was a lot of promise for Stanley right. Roberts, but right. I, we may have jumped the gun a little bit with the, right. you know, this guy has everything that it needs, to, you know, to be the greatest center of all. That, right. uh, I mean, like, I have the potential to be Yes, the we all do all in time. us. Yeah. Right. Right. All of us, yeah. You know, right. If I just learn how to make every single you know shot I take, sure. I if I can rebound effectively at five ten, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I 
that seems a little. I mean, he was. I mean, I do remember there was a lot of hype for him going in. I mean, sure. he had a huge body. It was right. It was during right. the like you know the Shaq time or whatever. It was during right. the time when it was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, there, there's you know Shaq's huge and he's dominating the NBA. This guy's even bigger, so it's like you know it's gonna right. work. But like where Shaq kind of was able to make the most of being seven foot and three hundred pounds. Uh, Stanley Roberts, unfortunately, uh, in, in some ways made the worst of, of being that and, and his weight got a little out of control and he's right. still carved out a really long, really good NBA career on that promise. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it certainly did not live up to, uh, the best center of all time, uh, potential that, uh, some might've said he had. So, right. Yeah. And he, yeah, cause he actually played with Shaq and apparently like, you know, dominated against him at LSU, um, which, you know, of course invited comparisons between the two, but yeah. He dealt with injuries, drugs, um, you know, conditioning issues that limited him. And there's a uh, there's an article from uh, 2002 um, from Sports Illustrated, you know, kind of looking at, you know, what could have been for him and looking at Shaq. And then a quote from that, he tells you himself, his teammates on the Orlando Magic called him big garbage. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yes. Tough so, nickname. Yeah. That's, um, Yeah. That's uh, that's too bad, yeah. For uh, for Stanley Roberts, yeah. Uh, big garbage not mentioned among among his biz- his basketball reference sick games though. So it's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah that that's fair. That's nice. So yeah, then, so leave that one out. All right. Uh, and the last we will be have Billy Thompson. We've talked about Billy Thompson before. Small forward played from eighty seven to nineteen ninety two. Played for the Lakers and the Heat and the Warriors. Only one minute and one game for the Warriors. He won two rings with the Lakers, although his only playoff action was in the 1987 first round. He was actually a huge star in um, high school and in college, played for the University of Louisville. They got really far in the tournament, but never really translated to the NBA. Um, Average 8.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, was ended up being selected by the Heat in the 88 expansion draft after the Lakers sent the Heat a second round pick not to select Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, so yeah, we talked about that because if, yeah. if you don't if you if you don't remember that story, I forget the episode. Probably the one about expansion teams uh, right. would have been the one yeah. we did it. But uh, yeah, the Lakers left Kareem Abdul-Jabbar unprotected because they had too many other guys they wanted to protect, and then kind of right. had to tell other teams, "Hey, don't." Can you please not take Kareem? And like, yeah. I mean, if I was an expansion team, I absolutely would have. I mean, Kareem probably would have said, no, I'm not going to play for the Miami Heat or whatever. But like right. in the off chance he did, like, hell yeah, you're going to sell a bunch of tickets. You're going to be pretty good. Like there's a lot sure. of really good stuff that could happen from that. So the Lakers uh, decided to kind of uh, soften them tell everybody, hey, hey, please don't suck Kareem and we'll give you something in return in, in case sure. a night time well, second round pick. I would have said, screw your second round pick. I'm taking Kareem. Right. I'll take Kareem. Yeah. <laughs> That's your bad. fault for not protecting yeah, him. Buddy. You yeah, figure it out. Yeah. Then we'll trade him yeah. back to you yeah. for real players if you want. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but the Heat are doing well, a solid. The Heat just started. What are you doing to solve for the Lakers for? Screw well, him. it's interesting because the Heat actually, like, they, they made three or four of those trades in that expansion draft and got, you know, they got feature picks and everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, for those guys where the Hornets didn't do nothing. Like, what what are you thinking, Hornets? Like, what are you, you know, like, why are the Heat getting all this stuff and why are the Hornets getting nothing? But right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that we did. Yeah, if you go back to that episode, and I forget what number, so I'm not yeah. going to tell you what wrong, but it's like, right. go expansion. find it. It's about expansion teams or whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. yeah, there was a lot of like good players that were left unprotected in, the, in that expansion draft. And yeah, like, like you're saying, right. the Heat, you know, we're like, hey, we're going to take. This guy, and then those teams are like, yeah. whoa, 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 please don't, please uh, don't, please don't. It's like, whoa, don't whoa. take Dennis Johnson. Yeah, wrong. Yeah, the, DJ. The, yeah, the trade. Yeah, there are a couple other guys. You know, um, <laughs> so smart that, on the Heat, like, and uh, very yeah. not smart on on Charlotte, like you're saying, who were just like, yeah. we'll take, uh, we'll take Kelly Trapuka. It's like, yeah, well, okay, right, you're fine. Like, yeah, you can yeah. just take Kareem and see what'll happen. You know, yeah. why not? Well, they got Muggsy Bogues. I mean, they that's true. They did okay. They did okay. They did okay. Yeah. All right, so Billy Thompson, one other fact about Billy Thompson, because this show obviously you know, needs Billy Thompson. Billy Thompson facts, but yeah. yeah, yeah, the BT Express, obviously. <laughs> it's a great, name. Is, great nickname, by the way. Yeah, he is one of only four players to have won a NCAA championship and an NBA championship back to back seasons. The other three being Bill Russell, Henry Bibby, and Magic Johnson. There you go. Yeah, nice. Three of the greatest players of all time. <laughs> right. Yes. Russell, uh, well, well, two, two of the greatest. Oh, the race well, players I think uh, you're really undermining <laughs> Henry Bibby's <laughs> contributions. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Billy Thompson. Yeah. But Henry yeah. Bibby. <laughs> Henry Bibby, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. All right, uh, players with exactly 300 minutes played in their career. Uh, it's no never way. happened. No, no, never had it. No, it's 299, no. 
Steve Bardo and Cameron Reynolds are the only two to do that. Uh, Steve Bardo, actually a relatively interesting journey for him. He's a bit of a local star in my area because he played with the uh, Flying Illini uh, University of Illinois basketball team that featured, great team by the way, Nick Anderson, Kendall Gill, Kenny Battle, and Marcus Liberty all on the same team. All four of those guys did get NBA minutes. Obviously, Nick Anderson and Kendall Gill became veterans of the NBA. And even at the time, people would probably tell you that in college, like Kenny Battle and Marcus Liberty were as good, if not better, than those guys that obviously just didn't. Uh, quite work out. Uh, Steven Bardo, though, uh, he played one game, one minute for the 1992 San Antonio Spurs. It was a 10-point yeah. victory over the Timberwolves in February. He got one rebound, though, so it wasn't a Tony Snell game for him. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. did play 23 games in 1993, but he probably wishes he didn't, as it was 23 games for the 11-71 and 71 worst of all time Dallas Mavericks, which we have done in a full episode about uh, how ridiculous that team was and how terrible that team was. So uh-huh. uh, Then he said, I've- screw I've- this. I'm going to Spain, and he decided to go to Spain. Uh, he did nine games with the 1996 Detroit Pistons, uh, and then after his playing career was over uh, 10 years, uh, you know, he got a 10-year playing career professionally, uh, spent time in France, Italy, Japan, Spain, Venezuela, and also played for three different CBA teams, which I would love to one of these days kind of dig into the CBA, yeah. but it's so hard to find, yeah. you know, right. uh, right. uh, 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 enough stuff on the CBA. But we also have some people with 303 minutes played uh, of all time. It's... uh. Mm-hmm. Stefani Lasame, I believe, is how you, it's probably not how you pronounce yeah. it at all. I'm just going to move on. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sean Singletary and Somalia Samake. And if you don't yeah. remember Somalia and Samake, he has a distinction of being only the third player ever to be suspended for steroids. Matt Geiger and Don McLean are the only guys to be suspended oh. for uh, steroids. I do not remember that about Matt Geiger, but... Uh, Smocky did not it didn't it didn't ruin his career though. He played professionally until 2019 when he was 41 years old. So the NBA wow. didn't really quite work out for him. Only 303 total minutes, but man, he played until 2019 in various uh leagues around the world. So good for him. Yeah. So I have a question for you, Rich. Yes. So as you mentioned, Steve Bardo played 23 games for the 1993 Dallas Mavericks. How many games do you think that the Dallas Mavericks won in the games that uh, Steve Bardo played? Oh man, well, there's not, there weren't a whole lot of wins to go by. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say the way that you're leading me into this question, it's a zero. It's one actually. Oh, so they did win one. He he played one minute in an eight point victory, um, November fourteenth, nineteen ninety two, against the Atlanta Hawks, my Atlanta Hawks. So um, he did play. And we've talked about this game before, but in the fifty uh, eight point loss um, to the Sacramento Kings. Um, and uh, December 29th, 1992, he played uh, 16 minutes in uh, that game, which was the most he played in any of these uh, games. Uh, so, uh, although he was two for four from the field, you know, he had uh, five points. Uh, four turnovers, though, so probably that probably Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I, I feel I, like we can't I'm, blame him, but, I mean, we can't, uh, you know. Yeah, we can't say, like, oh, you know, he wasn't his fault. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. It was part of the problem. He was definitely – he wasn't helping. <laughs> he didn't help. Yeah, he was not helping, yeah. Maybe he didn't hurt, but he certainly didn't help is probably the yeah. best way to it. Uh... so, yeah. yeah it's uh, sad. Yeah. Steve Bardo. He uh, also does commentary Bardo. now. I do not – he does not do hot oh. takes. He doesn't do hot all takes. All right. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. Good to know. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> I just right. my mic really hard. Anyway, oh. players with exactly 300 minutes played in a season. Quincy right. Doobie. Kevin, Holly, and Jeff Webb. As much as I would love, I tried so hard to get Quincy Doobie fun facts, but there's not that many Uh Quincy Doobie fun facts. So you're going to get Kevin Uh Holly fun facts. How about that? Uh, Kevin Holly, as a member of the 2008 Philadelphia 76ers, notched exactly 300 minutes played in a season. He came close to doing that in the 2000 season as well. Uh, He ended at 290 minutes played. So a fun fact about Ali, he is one of 68 NBA players to have played over 600 games in the league and start less than or equal to 100 games. And the reason I put the oh. equal to is he's the 100 games guy. So he played right. he played over 600 games in his career, exactly 100 games started. Uh, Del Curry has 1,083 games played with only 99 starts. Uh, so anyway, Ali was able to get uh, that many, uh, those many games going without, you know, that's a distinction of, in himself because sure. playing yeah. over 600 games in your careers is pretty damn cool. And he did that and he had quite a journey in, in his early NBA career. So he starts yeah. all the way in October of 1995. He signs as a free agent for the Golden State Warriors. 
A couple days later, he's waived by the Warriors. Okay, two years away from the league, does a bunch of stuff, does other leagues, does CBA, all that sort of stuff. October, the Dallas Mavericks bring him in. October 1997. He goes, all right, cool. December of 1997, he's waived by the Mavericks. Okay, that's it for 1997. March 1998, he signs the first of two 10-day contracts with the Orlando Magic. March 22nd, 1998, he signs a contract for the rest of the year with the Orlando Magic, so good for him. Uh, January 21st. Obviously, the lockout happens. He has to sign a little bit late. He signs as a free agent with the Sacramento Kings. By February, he is waived by the Sacramento Kings. In March, the Orlando Magic say, hey, Kevin Ollie, that was good. You want to come back again? And he goes, yeah, sure. I'd love to come back. They sign him to a 10-day contract. March 14th, a couple days later, he is waived yet again. October 1999, he is signed once again by the Dallas Mavericks. And then later that month, he's waived by the Dallas Mavericks again. And then finally, November 24th, 1999, he signs as a free agent with the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, but no, that's not it yet. Yeah, October 3rd, 2000, he is then signed as a free agent by the New Jersey, New Jersey Nets. God, the Philadelphia thing doesn't last. December 15th of that year, he's waived by the New Jersey Nets again. December 22nd, he signed as a free agent by the 76ers and sticks with them for the entire year. September of 2001, he signed as a free agent for the Chicago Bulls. And from that point forward, he pretty much had a steady NBA career all the way until 2009. So, you know, a great example sticking with it. Yeah. Involved in two huge trades, too. We talked about somebody, uh, you know, people involved in trades. He was... uh, when the Bulls uh, traded Ron uh, Mercer and Ron Artest and Brad Miller to get Jalen Rose and a bunch of other bad players, uh, he was in that trade. Uh, he was also in the Ray Allen Gary Payton trade uh, as well for the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Seattle SuperSonics. So uh, there you go. And the Kendrick Brown for Eric Snow trade from July yeah. of 2004 that we all we remember. Yeah, <laughs> we, like, we remember that very well. The Kendrick yes. Brown trade, as it's known in most yes. circles. So. It is well known in many circles. Every yeah. July 20th, you remember, you go, God, is today that? Yes, yeah, today is, is, the, is, is the Kendrick. Brown trade? Is yeah. the Kendrick. Sorry, did I say Kendrick? Kedrick. Kedrick. You did. You said Kendrick, but yeah, I, Kedrick. I, we all knew. Well, Kedrick Ked, Brown. Kedrick, yes. yes. So, yeah, that Chicago Bulls uh, Pacers trade, that's a uh, that's an underrated sheet trade. I mean, trading, you know, Artest <laughs> and Brad Miller for, uh, you know, Junk and Jalen Rose toward the end of his career. Yeah, that's a, it's not a. I was mad about it at the time. And it's like, sure. I, even, those guys weren't even that good then, but I was like, no, right. these guys, these guys are, well, yeah. These guys are too good to be trading them away. And then when the Pacers were good, like immediately after, and like right. half the yeah. team was just ex Bulls, I was like, come right. on. Yeah, what the bad. hell? Like, yeah. I knew it at the yeah. time. Like, what right. are you doing? Come on. Yeah. That's, uh, but, that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it happened. Anyway, uh, players with exactly 300 points scored in their entire career. Ooh, I want to know. Ron Baker, Ooh. Marcelo Huertas. Ron Baker, he's cooking. Ron Baker, white guy, big hair. You remember him? Yeah, I do. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. But if you I don't. Know. I remember the hair. Uh, he scored exactly 300 points in his entire three-year NBA career. Two full seasons with the Knicks. 11 games uh, with the Knicks in 2019. Then he was sent away to Washington for four games. And that was the end. Yeah. Of Ron Baker's NBA career. He scored all 300 of those points with the New York, the New York Knicks because despite playing in four games and 45 minutes of the Wizards, he never scored. His uh, career high, 13 points scored December 15, 2016 against the Golden State Warriors. That's sad for the Wizards, I guess, you know. Yeah, you would think yeah, 44 minutes, you maybe can get a point, you know. Something. like Yeah, he had, he had one three-point attempt during that time. Um. He had no two point attempts apparently during that time. Yeah, he was just there to yeah. you know, just there to do got, whatever they wanted him, do whatever he, the team hey, wanted. You know, he got a defensive rebound and he got you know he got uh, I guess two assists during that uh, in those four games. That seems like so. a not a lot of stuff going on in forty five minutes. It feels like you should have had something more going on, but yeah, maybe anyway. he should have focused more on his game than his hair. You know? yeah, right, right. Yeah, right, there right. you go, prima donna. All right, so now players with exactly three hundred points in a season. 28 times this has occurred in BAA, NBA history, ABA history as well. Mike Barr did it twice. We're going to talk a little bit more about Mike Barr. Only a little bit because there's not that much about Mike Barr, unfortunately. But um, other luminaries, first of all, Bill Wennington. You have some things to say about Bill Wennington. I do have something to say about Bill Wennington because it allows me to talk about the Beef Wennington. And uh, you, Jason, know nothing about the Beef Wennington. Most nothing. people listening to this nothing. know nothing about the Beef nothing. Wennington, yeah. but our Chicago area listeners that grew up oh, in the 90s sure. will know about the Beef Wennington, a very beef. special Chicago area McDonald's exclusive Beef Wennington burger sure. that yeah. came out. Uh, it had yeah. a single beef patty, cheese, onions, barbecue sauce, 
and a slice of Canadian bacon for us. That sounds like a delight. Yeah. Bill Wennington's Heritage. I loved it. I remember because yeah. I liked Bill Wennington as a kid because who couldn't right. like Bill Wennington? Who, who couldn't? Yeah. <laughs> right. You and Rennes. You and Rennes. Yeah, well, it, it was, yeah. It was yeah. ironic, but also like, eh, yeah, he's a good role player. Like, sure. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. And then he had this, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try this thing. This sounds great. And it was awesome. And I, yeah. um, you know, you can make it at home if you'd like, if you want to celebrate sure. uh, 300 sure. uh, episodes of Over and Back. Yeah, you make a hamburger and yeah. you throw a slice of Canadian bacon on there. You can. Yeah. Pretty much do it. Some barbecue sauce is, is key. Barbecue but yeah, sauce, that yeah, is that is the beef yeah. Wennington. So wow, it sounds wonderful. Yeah, I will. Well, thank you for sharing. I do deeply appreciate that. And you can uh, uh, you can look up beef Wennington on uh, YouTube and uh, Adam Ryan, who who I believe is uh, yeah of the show, listens to the show sometimes. Yeah. In earnest, yeah, yeah. in earnest podcast, yeah, great. Uh, great he has yep. uploaded yep. a uh, a WGN news broadcast where Wennington talks about the beef Wennington, and ah. he just like goes on way too long about the story of Judd Bushler's sure. pregnant wife, like okay. craving one of them. It's wow, like, yeah. it goes way too long. The story is so long; it's a little uncomfortable. It's yeah. so weird, but yeah. uh, yes, the beef. Wellington. This is my one of my only opportunities to talk about the beef Wellington. So, so you may carry on if you'd like. We, well, yeah, all the uh, we we already did all of our you know um, our all Jordan episodes. You know, we did. Uh, so we we have, yeah, did we, not play a big role the, in the uh, Last Dance. Yeah, Bill exactly. So right. Yeah, so. we didn't have a ton of time to talk about uh, Bill Wellington during our Last yeah. Dance series. So. But now we have the opportunity. So yeah, three three hundred points in the season for Bill Wellington. Did it for the Mavericks, by the way, not for the Bulls, but you know, it still works. So I'm sure Dallas loves them too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got Kenny Smith. Kenny Smith, of course. Kenny the Jet. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dana Barros, fifty-point game, uh, three hundred points this season. Not the same season, um, I would assume. <laughs> yeah, that would be a rough season. Where <laughs> <laughs> score fifty, and then it's like, yeah, that's all. I, I had one good game, guys. Like, that otherwise, would, I'm not that good. <laughs> that would be strange. Yeah, no, like, yeah. Uh, Dan Marley in his second stint with the uh, with the Suns in the early two thousands. Uh, we got Tim Thomas. We have more to come about Tim Thomas. Oh, yes. Plenty of Tim yeah. Thomas. Plenty, lots of Tim Thomas. You, you come to this podcast for Tim Thomas. Amari Stoudemire toward the end of his career with the Heat. Um, yeah. yeah and, I'm not believing yeah, that happened. We, 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 have brought, we have brought up Amari Stoudemire's Heat tenure like okay. four or five times in the show's history. Sure. I, I right. No, it's just not. It's, it's, you don't believe it? No, it never happened. <laughs> it's wrong. Yeah. There's well, images, but those are all deep fakes. Like, I'm positive. Sure. But there's no way. He, Amari Stoudemire in the Heat. Come on, yeah. Jason. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, you know who else was on this Heat team, or who was not on this Heat team? We, we got Chris, Chris Bosh, who do you expect? We had Gordon Drogic, yeah, who do you expect? Lowell Dang, you know, he was uh, on the Heat. Yeah. Joe Johnson was on the Heat team. Dwayne Wade, this was his second team, or no, this was right before he left and then came yeah, back later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hassan Whiteside, who do you expect? Justice Winslow, you know, kind of, you know, Tyler Johnson, some of the young guys. Gerald Green was on this team. So, uh, Josh Richardson, they had a lot of guys. They, they had a lot of players. This is yeah. Ultimately, I talk about, yeah, they, Josh Richardson, they had. Mario Chalmers, they had Bano Udricks, they had Josh McRoberts, they had Haslam, of course. They had, Hell yeah, this is a they great... had Yeah, they had like 16 guys who I know. Like, yeah, you could talk about, like there's a, a good chance yeah. we could talk about something about every single one of these men yeah. on this team. I, That's incredible. Until we get to Briante Weber and Jarnell Stokes. Oh, yeah. Earth. Yeah, those I got... are the guys I can't really tell you I don't know about, much Briante but... Weber uh, uh, thoughts. But... I, I don't, not off the top of my head. Yeah, so that's uh this is definitely a team with some guys so perfect for the show yes yeah all right and then tyson chandler for the uh sons late to, uh, yeah not eight. on the not on that heat team i don't think but no I'm, I'm no tyson chandler, not on the heat team no different team around the same time but different team so all right so mike Barr. what do we know about mike Barr? well nothing tell me a little bit i mean we know like he was a 6-3 shooting guard he played five seasons in the first in the aba then the nba 73 to 77 played for the squires of virginia for a couple of years then the spirits of st louis for a couple of years and then went to the kings of kansas city in the merger season of 1978 in the nba he averaged 5.9 uh, points per game his pro career did average 10.4 points per game on 57 percent shooting 4.6 rebounds 5.2 assists in the spirits huge upset of the defending champion nets in 1975 so when he was called to deliver big mike bar delivered so Good for him. 19, 1978 after uh, his nba career um and he played and he coached for the west virginia wheels all right and something called the all american basketball alliance but unfortunately the wheels of the league and the wheels with them folded after much. So those wheels did not uh, keep spinning. Fell off. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Fell off the, the... They, uh, 
they were based in Wheeling, of course. You know, the Wheeling Wheels, obviously. That, uh, that makes a, a whole lot of sense now. So played at the Wheeling Civic Center. Um, they were owned by a Philadelphia-based attorney who apparently didn't have a whole lot of money. He was also the president of the league. So that's never a really good sign when one of your owners is also the president of the league. So, yes, uh, the West Virginia Wheels' final record was 3-8. and eight. So, unfortunately, whatever uh, Mike Barr was doing, it was not enough. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'd like to learn more about the All American Basketball League. I'll put that in my, my notes yeah. to, to think. I love odd basketball leagues. <laughs> that yeah. are always good. There's a there's a good fun while lasted article about the All American Basketball. League. Oh, cool, perfect. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll check so, that out. Yep. All right, let's get to players with exactly 300 rebounds. We promised you you were going to get more Tim Thomas, and you oh, yeah. are going to get that. 33 players have I'm exactly so 300 rebounds in a season, and Tim Thomas is one of those. And I just want to say it's a goddamn tragedy that when you Google search Tim Thomas, some stupid hockey player shows up and hell? not the Tim Thomas we all actually are trying to search Jesus for. Christ. Yeah, yeah. It's and I, I think this this ice hockey Tim Thomas is, you know, uh-huh. a relatively big figure in the uh the hockey yeah. world, but who can I mean yeah. nobody has ever Googled hockey. Tim Thomas and wanting to hear or see that dork. No, they want Tim yeah. Thomas, NBA player Tim, Tim Thomas. Thomas. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He started Absolutely. in nineteen ninety eight and would go until twenty ten, which is pretty amazing given like his yeah. reputation in the league of like this guy's yeah. a knucklehead, but he was like too yeah. damn good. Like everybody was just like, ah hell, come on. Like, yeah. You couldn't you couldn't deny him because you know it was like, ah, if Tim Thomas ever figures out, he's gonna be great. And it's like, well, he's been signed for like a decade and a half, so you know. Must be doing something okay. But uh, anyway, he played everywhere. He started in Philly. He was a draft day trade for Keith Van Horn, then Milwaukee, then New York, then Chicago, then Phoenix, then the Clippers, then the Knicks again, then the Bulls again, and then finally ended his career as a Dallas Maverick. All right, you ready for some Tim Thomas fun facts? I am ready for them. First one is Notorious Tim while on the Bucks. Thomas was known to wear a customized version of his own jersey that said Notorious Tim. Uh, that's when he would make public appearances at events. He would wear a jersey to the event, and it would say Notorious T-I-M on it, not okay. Thomas. So there you go. Right. Um, him and Van Horn joined at the hip. So he, as we said, draft day trade for Keith Van Horn. Also on February 16, 2004, Thomas is traded to the New York Knicks in a three-team trade that included Jason, your Atlanta Hawks. The trade sent Keith Van Horn to the, uh, from the Knicks to the Bucks. Nazi Mohammed from the Hawks to the Knicks, Joel Prisbilla, the vanilla oh, gorilla from the yeah. Bucks to the Hawks. Great, great land by the Hawks. Oh, yeah. and they decided, huh, man, is there a way we could get another bad white guy? Sure. You could have Michael Doliak from the Knicks hey. to the Hawks. So there you go. The yeah. Hawks think, man, what's the problem with our team? I got it. <laughs> we need more tall white guys that aren't that good. Yeah. So they got Joel Prisbilla and Michael Doliak in one trade. So good for them all at once. So, yeah. It was a glorious time for the other. <laughs> Who could yeah. forget? And then uh, right. feud with Kenyon Martin. So Thomas was injured by a Jason Collins foul and ended up having a lengthy beef with Collins' then teammate Kenyon Martin over it. Thomas at one point challenged Martin to a boxing match with the proceeds going to charity. And Martin, an absolute coward, declined. So Coward? Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm just That's, saying. I mean, Tim yeah. was like, hey, we'll do it for charity, man. Yeah, let, for charity, let yeah. me beat your ass for charity. And Kenyon right. said no. So yeah. I am declaring Kenyon Martin fake tough guy. There it is. All right. He's a coward. That's uh, I mean, he could absolutely whoop my ass today, any day. Well, yeah, no question. Yeah. 10 obviously. times over. Yeah. But, you know, I'm yeah. just saying. I mean, we are both huge weaklings. Yeah. Yes. Who have no business calling anybody else a coward or anything like that. But <laughs> I am the biggest coward. We have a podcast. So. Right. I got to be entertaining. Right. I got to, in, in this beef between Tim I'll Thomas and, and, and Kenyon Martin, Kenyon was a coward. So that's We I have to do the. Did the Dan Dakich thing sometimes. You know, <laughs> right, or a slash Dan Dickow yeah. thing. Where, yeah. Dan Dickow, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Um, wonderful stuff. Yeah, I also just worth noting, Notorious T.I.M., not a basketball reference official nickname. Oh, that's so, which, BS, yeah. They probably need to get on that. Yeah, we need to, we need to you know, get some pull there, see if we can uh, have a competition about that, because that doesn't feel, you know, it doesn't feel valid. I feel like that nickname should be there. Yeah, I mean, with yeah. all the damn nicknames they have on that site, there's some right. things that you're yeah. like, I've never once heard, like, sure. you know, Dirk be called, like, Spider Baby or whatever. And you're right. like, why is that, like, right. a nickname? I've never heard that, ever. Yes. Notorious T.I.M., I mean, come on, it's right there. Like, you can find it. It's not that hard to find. Like, it wasn't a real deep fact that I had to find. I thought, you know, go through the Milwaukee Sentinel Journal, you know, archives right. to find it. It was, you know, it was right there. Yeah, so. it was right there, yeah. I, uh, I, 
excellent point, Rich. I appreciate it. And that is the name of the Milwaukee paper, in case you're curious. I, uh, it is. You, yeah. You, I'm not making that up. That. I know that. No, I, I'm aware. Yes. I, I think, well, hopefully most of our listeners are aware of, you know, the the Milwaukee media well enough to understand the news <laughs> right, outlets right. that are, you know, yeah. I, I think most of our listeners have, you know, a pretty good understanding of, you know, the Milwaukee media scene. So yes, I don't understand that. Yeah. So. All right, uh, players, 300 assists in a season, exactly 300 assists. 16 players have accomplished this. Steven Jackson did it twice in, uh, in Steven jackson fashion, yes. So the most notable players to have done so, Dave Bing did it for the 78 Celtics, Sidney Moncrief, the 83 Bucks, Grant Hill, the 1999 Pistons, Blake Griffin, 2017 Clippers, and Kevin Durant for the 2017 Warriors. But uh, back to Steven Jackson, who did it twice, um, accomplished this in 2008 with the Warriors. This was the We Believe season, and in 2010 with the Warriors, and in which he was traded to some other team. And I, I'm not sure if I'm reading this right, but the Bobcats. When when was this? Is that's the all? Are you are you mixing up the all American? That was an all American basketball team. Okay, yeah, the American I, basketball I, alliance. I think it's one of those teams. It's it's the West I, Virginia Wheels, the Charlotte Bobcats. Like it's sure. it's ludicrous names like that. They needed to right. they needed to drum up support in the, in in the local area, so they came up with weird sure. team names like that. So I yeah, think I get it. Somehow yeah. your notes got crossed. It was those drinks that you had uh, before the show. Right. Obviously, I mean, I'm of, I'm surprised that the NBA recognizes their records, but <laughs> the All American Basketball I mean, Alliance records. Yeah, yeah it's very it's, strange, but it's surprising. But hey, well, yeah, whatever. So yes, um, Jackson he played for eight franchises the years 2001-2014. Probably best known for his team with the Spurs and his time with the Spurs. He won a ring in, in 2003. The Pacers, where he was involved in the Malice at the Palace Brawl in Detroit. And the Warriors, where he led the team to a huge upset of the number one seed Mavs in the first round and was famously heralded for how he defended the much taller Dirk Nowitzki during that series. Um, random aside, not related to Stephen Jackson, but... Uh, there were only three seasons between the 2008 upset um, of the, the Warriors over the Mavs and then the 2011 Mavs championship. And for some reason in my head, it feels like there is a much longer time span between those two events. Is, do you feel the same way? Or is Yeah, that no, right? it, it, it's really – it is strange. No, it definitely is. It's Because it's even though I was like – and I've been a huge Mavericks fan for, for years and years and years and followed them and, and watched as many games as I possibly could – it did feel like there was a totally different era, you know, between those. And it really, I mean, there really wasn't that much, but it did kind of have that feel to yeah. it. And it probably was, you know, the getting rid of Avery Johnson, going to the Rick Carlisle, a lot of the players moved on. Like a lot of stuff happened in that time. So right. it does feel like a completely different era. But yeah, it does. I mean, they were in the, you know, the NBA finals, like, you know, not that, you know, to the Heat, you know, losing to the Heat, not that, sure. <laughs> you know, but like right. the year before that upset. And it, like that feels. Sure. Like, it, it does not feel like the Mavericks were, like, always there and then, like, finally got over the hump in 2011. It felt like they kind of were a flash in the pan. They had the big upset. Then they did whatever. And then, oh, my God, they broke through. And they, but it's like they were there the whole time. They were just, like, sure. a solid, consistent team a lot of those those yeah. years. But I mean, uh, Yeah, yeah, they felt them like a slight bit. But, right, know, right, right, right. Good team. And, they, yeah, you're right. They did have a pretty significant um, – I, the, the 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 20 2008 team and 2011 team were very different outside of Dirk obviously um and a couple other guys Jason Terry obviously but yeah right, but I, right. they, they did have a lot of turnover so that, that kind of makes some sense and, yeah. and like so much happened in the NBA during that time too I mean sure. it's just yeah it got things got wild with the heat and all that sort of stuff so it was it, oh. it felt like a wild wild time I mean 2008 to 2011 does feel like you know 10 years when you t- take in all the stuff that was going on in the NBA at the time Anyway, uh, so Steven Jackson averaged 15.1 points per game, 3.9 rebounds rebounds per game, 3.1 assists per game, 858 games. Um, never, I, I was a little surprised he never like had any kind of. He was never an All Star. He never had any like defensive player, um, you know, team honors, anything like that. That kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah, he feels like he's he had a more significant career that like if you sent somebody to his Basketball Reference page. They would just kind of be like, ah, this guy seemed okay, you know. But like, yeah, he was like a very important player, very notable player. Like, I think at, of a certain generation, there are fans that just know Stephen Jackson, and, and and we're aware of like how important he was to a lot of really, really good, you know, winning teams. Yeah, it, it is surprising that he never uh, did reach those, you know, never really, yeah, like the accolades never really sure. came for him. 
He uh, did receive a uh, leak MVP vote in uh, 2010. Okay, that's uh, <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think in it was 2010. For, who it voted was, for him? He was, was with the, uh, the the Charlotte team. He did not. Uh, I, I don't think it was a first place vote. He, I mean, come on. Out, that's so. absurd. Well, you know. <laughs> Whoever that uh, was. Uh, well, I just said that, that you know, Captain Jack or whatever, and Stack Jack, as, as it, uh, I'm looking at uh, basketball reference right now. I understand that, like, yeah, he, you know, we said he shouldn't receive more accolades, but not that accolade. <laughs> not MVP right. vote. Not that MVP, no. Different <laughs> Did he really help the, the, the Charlotte team that much in 2010 that he was uh, worthy of an MVP well, vote? hey, they made the playoffs for the first time, so. Yeah. All right, fine. He scored 20 I, points. We'll let him yeah. We'll let him have it. We'll let him have All it. All right, we'll let him have it. He doesn't have anything else, so. All right. He and Joe Wallace, you know, they're, uh, they're doing some good work there, so. All right, um, players with exactly 300 steals in a season. Two players have done it. Uh, well, the two players have had more than 300 steals. No one has ever exactly had 300. Don Busey and Alvin Robertson. So Don Busey did, he had uh, 346 steals in the 1976 final ABA season for the Pacers. Alvin Robertson did it in 1986 uh, for the um, Spurs. 301. So no one's at exactly 300. Yeah, it's obviously a, a very rare accomplishment to go over uh, 300. So, um, so that's, yeah, it's almost, a, you know, it was more than four steals per game. So certainly significant uh, yeah. for them. Uh, going with uh, blocks, um, players with 300 blocks in a season. Well, no one has ever had exactly 300 in a season. Manu Bowl is closest with 302. If we play by prices right rules, so you can't go over, then it's Akeem Olajuwon with 297. There have been 26 seasons of 300 plus box by 12 players. Mark Eaton has had six of them. And um, and yes, uh, Bowl, uh, Olajuwon, and David Robinson each have had three seasons of more than uh, 300 blocks. So relatively small number of players. There you go. Yeah. All right, it's players with exactly 300 turnovers in a season. These aren't all good. Some of these are bad, but hey, a few of these players are pretty damn good. You know, 300 turnovers means you got the ball in your hands a lot. That's not all, you know, you're going to get a lot of turnovers. The best players get a lot of turnovers. They have the ball in their hand a lot. So, having four times in history. Magic Johnson, 1987. Right. Pretty good right. player. Not bad. Yeah. Moses yeah. Malone, 1980. Pretty good player. Not bad. Larry Keenan, 1979. Also very good player. Uh, Bill... Melchioni, Bill Melchioni, 1971 ABA. You might be thinking, man, what the hell? He's got a retired number, so just wait until we get to, to Bill Melchioni here. Right. Uh, I will say this. There is just not enough Melchionis in the league. No. Uh, we got Bellinelli's. We got Ginobili's, yeah. but we don't have any Melchionis. So. Yeah. Um, maybe, I, maybe I think it might be Melchioni. I'm not. I, no, I, well, I, I, yeah, sure. All right. I'm just, I mean, yeah, for I mean, yeah, Melchioni's fine with me, but I just... You're, uh, yeah, you're probably... Melchioni probably sounds for, a little bit better. For any of the listeners here who are going to be like, no, it's actually Melchioni, I just want to address it for them before right. we continue. I apologize if I, if no, I, if I got No, you do not this. apologize, Richard. You have nothing to apologize for. I just want to make sure that, you know, the funny daddies among us <laughs> understand that it, the alternate pronunciation is possible. So, uh, so Bill... Let's call him Bill now. Bill. Uh, Bill. <laughs> is one yeah. of only four players uh, to Bill have won Bobcat. both NBA... Yeah. And ABA championships, uh, sure. so good for him. He spent two years as a GM of the Nets after his career, uh, and is probably, I guess, infamous would be the right word for being forced to sell Julius Irving to the 76ers to fund the Nets fee for the ABA NBA merger. We've talked about that in many episodes before. That sure. you know, they said, "Hey, you want to come to the NBA?" And they said, "Sure." And they said, "All right, you need to pay us X." And they went, "Ooh, <laughs> like uh, we don't have that." But uh, hey, we have Julius Irving, so we'll sell him and get some money for that. So that's. Uh, an unfortunate thing that had to happen, but hey, it, got, it gave us Julius Serving on the 76ers, so it ended up working out uh, pretty well. Uh, the Nets retired his number. Um, this one's a little tough. Like, a good career, a good career. But he's one of only six retired New Jersey Nets, joining Drazen Petrovic, Jason Kidd, John Williamson, Julius Serving, and Buck Williams. So I guess the Nets were kind of desperate to... to Retire some numbers. I don't know if I, I, you know what, whatever. I don't care. Do I care? I don't care <laughs> if they're retiring numbers. Retire them all. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. I don't care. Let's do it right now. Yeah. Let's do it. Retire all the numbers. Let's just have no numbers. Well, Let's the Celtics have- are getting pretty damn close now. So they, there's, uh, there's definitely a, a, a situation brewing 
uh, in Boston, where uh, they are yeah. going to be very low on numbers uh, yeah. moving forward here. But fair enough. So um, yeah, I would say yeah, I, I you know let's let the Nets be the Nets. You know, we'll, we'll see. The, so some teams are very stingy with the number of retirements, and some teams are very yeah. Like, so yeah, yeah. It, it's it's there's never like yeah. I don't know if there's any one team that kind of stays right in it. It just feels like yeah. Some teams are just like whatever. Right. Everybody who kind of did anything, and then other teams are like no. Yeah, <laughs> we have to yeah, build no, it. No, nothing. No. Yeah, you can be a ring of honor. Yeah, like the Magic haven't retired anybody's number. Oh yeah, the we do the Ring of Honor. Get out of here, Orlando. Yeah, come on, put Shaq's put number in the rafters. Shaq and Penny, get them up there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, come on, Dwight yeah. Howard, throw them all up there. Anyway, uh, players right. who shot exactly thirty percent from the field are point three zero zero. That's probably yeah, a better way to do it because it's three hundred. Yes. We're not using percentages yes. here. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, forty-seven yeah. times uh, it has happened, and two players flirting with it this year: Alim Ford. So, Aline Ford, you might know him as the former first overall pick of the Puerto Rican Basketball League. Yes. Not, sure. uh, yeah. You're probably wondering, what? Right. Oh, Puerto Rican Basketball League. He's actually yeah. Puerto Rican, though, so it's actually a pretty cool accomplishment uh, for him. Yeah. Uh, currently on the Lakeland Magic of the G League. He was signed when the Magic were down to almost no players left on their roster in the midst of the, uh, the COVID-19 breakout, the hardship exemption there. Uh, probably not going to get any more playing time this year, but never say never. Uh, but right now, he is flirting with it. And also... Tyler Johnson, you mentioned Tyler Johnson a little bit earlier. Um, remember, Tyler Johnson was like good for a while. <laughs> like there was a couple sure. years where yeah. he was actually like a pretty good player. Uh, seems like a long time ago, and he's been a bit of a mess lately and kind of bouncing all over the place. Uh, he spent time in uh, 2019 and 2020 with the Phoenix Suns, put at the Brooklyn Nets in 2020 and 2021. So these are all good teams that he's playing with at this time, but he's kind of not that big of a part of those good teams. Uh, he signed with the 76ers in December of 2021 due to the hardship exemption. Uh, eventually got a 10-day with the Spurs, but has not played since. So Tyler Johnson, unless something dramatically changes for Tyler Johnson anytime soon, it uh, looks like both Aleem Ford and, and Tyler Johnson are going to join this illustrious list. Illustrious list. And some other key members of this list, because we definitely want to go through this list. Uh, the largest number of minutes by far, 2,109 by ba- Bill Calhoun of the 1955 Milwaukee Hawks. Now, Little caveat here: the league average field goal percentage at that point was three eighty-five, which I mean, still pretty significantly over three hundred, but is not like, you know, it's really not like shooting three hundred today. Um, outside of Bill Calhoun and Bob Schaefer, who had five hundred and seventy-eight minutes in the following season, nineteen fifty-six, no one has accomplished this. Putting quotes around "accomplished" in more than two hundred minutes in the shot clock era, so it's it's a it's a rare feat, as you know, as we said. Um, and you know, only generally happens to people who have ex- a very small number of minutes because mm-hmm. obviously it's a very low number to shoot. Uh, most recent before the two from this season was Costas Antetokounmpo did it in 56 minutes for the Lakers in the 2021 season. Other notable members of this club, notable in terms of names. <laughs> so Herm Fwaich. So uh, obviously Herm Fwaich reminds me of your name. Yeah, I was going to say. I wonder wonder if I'm related to Herm. Uh, I don't think so. Right. But uh, yeah, Herman Uh, Joseph Fwaich. Right. Nickname of Dutch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Back when they had nickname. Great nicknames, you know. Dutch, yeah. Also, not the same Dutch who, of course, is in the Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid. Right, 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 right. Yeah, right. Uh, so, but yeah I don't know. I, yeah, I saw that name and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's kind of cool. So, uh, right. yeah, Fwaich. Played, 40, played 42 games uh, in for the Baltimore Bullets in the 40. He was on the championship team, as a matter of fact. Yeah, so, one and done. One that got that ring was like, peace, yeah, I'm right, out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yes. So, uh, Dick Nostman. <laughs> Excuse know. me? Yeah, I know. I apologize. Would you call me? <laughs> I have to say it. Yeah. Dick Nostman played for the Syracuse Nationals in the 1954 season, played five games for the Nationals. Um, Boris Nachamkin. <laughs> Boris Alexander Nachamkin. I saw a press conference of that guy uh, this week. Yeah, he's uh, he's one of the sure. generals. He's one of the generals in the Russian uh, sure. army. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he died in 2018, so that seems oh, tricky. Maybe it's not him then. Maybe it was another guy named Boris played, uh, or whatever the hell he said. So. Played six games for the Rochester Royals in 1955. He is one of two Borises in NBA history. So Not enough, you know, not enough Borises either. Uh, in, we need in, a few more Borises, yeah. 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 It's, not, it's boring. Maybe not right boring. now, but but soon. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, next, 
Mel Gibson. Ah, fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah, right. No. Different Mel Gibson. Oh, <laughs> well, this uh, one's fine then. All right. The Cadorva Comet. He played oh, nine yes. games for. You don't get a nickname if you played nine games. This is what I'm talking about. Why does Mel Gibson get a nickname, but Notorious TIM doesn't get one? Well, um, and why, I, when I Google Mel Gibson, does this stupid actor come up and not this guy? <laughs> like, right. Obviously, you play nine games for the Lakers in 1964, average 1.4 points per game. You deserve to be ahead of the Cougars. I can't hey, believe Hey, listen, when you come from the illustrious Western Carolina University, yeah. you definitely should, you know, be high on that list. So the, when you're the Cordova Comet, goddammit, you really <laughs> you deserve some respect. This. Yeah, yeah. I earnestly to- typed in Mel Gibson and was like, ah, <laughs> like oh, surprise, yeah. oh, taken aback when that Mel Gibson action. showed up and not this Mel Gibson. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? Actually, oh. upset about that for some reason. Yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, so uh, let's see. And then finally, Mark Price. We we've heard what? of Mark Price. Tell us about Mark Price. Yeah, so we know Mark Price. This one's a bit of a surprise because you're like, why? Mark Price, he's a great shooter. What the hell? How do you do this? Uh, this one's a, a surprise, but it also has some caveats. This occurred in 1996 when Price, who was then a member of the Washington Bullets, his first non-Cavs year, he played in only seven games that season as well and was hurt and had some injuries and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it, it, a little bit of a caveat there because Mark Price is, like, awesome and great and a good shooter. But uh, on that particular year, shot uh, Thirty percent, point three zero zero from the field. So, yeah. So that was right at the end of his career. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, so, and like, right. yeah. Unfortunately, you know, the last few years of Mark Price's career were not uh, not great. Right. But yeah. leave, leave the memories yeah. alone of, of of what he was. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yes. Absolutely. So. All right. So players with exactly three hundred fouls in a season. A shockingly long list. Twenty five to be exact. Yeah. With three hundred fouls in a season. Exactly. Most recently, Theo Ratliff in two thousand four. Uh, did it? It was first accomplished by Arnie Risen in 1956, and that made me oh. think, "Wow, Arnie Risen, he's a good player. What the hell?" And then I looked, yeah. and like, there's a lot of great players on this list. Like, a yeah. really yeah. like. So the key to like having a Hall of Fame career is at some point get exactly 300 fouls in a season. Because, man, Jerry Lucas, Bailey Howell, Walt Bellamy, Bob Pettit, Tom Sanders, Tom Von Van Arsdale, Hal Greer, Jack Sigma, and Elvin Hayes all did right. it. Like, that's a yeah. really good list of Terry players. McDaniel, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like I, that, those are just the guys right. that I was like, wow, these are like some of the best guys ever, like Hall of Fame level yeah. guys. Yeah, the other guys on the list are all really good too. Zian McDaniel's on there, Theo Ratliff, as we mentioned. Like, it is a illustrious yeah. list there. Tom, of Tom guys. Van Ars, yeah, or sorry, Tom Van Arsdale and Jack Sigma both did it twice. Yeah, yeah, those guys did it twice. Yeah. Sigma did it in 1978 and 1989, so a nice little right. gap between wow. that. Yeah, <laughs> which is crazy too. That's great. Yeah. And Van Arsdale did it in 1960. In 1974. I mean, that is like to get exactly 300 two times in your career and have it be yeah. like 11 years apart, like sick with right. that. I mean, that's nuts. Yeah. That's so nice. weird and random, but yeah. there it is. Yeah. I love it. Excellent. All right. Um, coaching milestones. So, games coach, no one is reached 300 exactly. So, um, Sydney Lowe, closest 307. Um, he, uh, you know, of course he was the head coach for Vancouver and for, uh, Memphis early two thousands, also coached a couple of years for the Timberwolves in the early nineties. So, uh, been a while for him. No one else is really, um, particularly close. However, Nick nurse right now, he's at 294 games coached. Uh, he's obviously, unless something horrible happens, he's going to, uh, you know, it, Exceed that by the end of the season, going to pass that milestone. And likely will be coaching for, you know, if not for the Raptors, certainly um, in the NBA for a long time, given that he's you know, won a championship and is fairly young. So, um, yes, games one, we have Brian Hill, 298, Jim O'Brien, 303. Uh, yeah, Brian Hill, 74 years old. Hey, maybe there's still time. You know, it's been nine years since he's been in the league at all. It was last at Pistons assistant, but yeah, you never say never. Yeah, um, I don't think the call's coming, but you know, well, hey, you never know. You, you really, you just never know if that call is going to come. But, hey, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe somebody who just wants to have you know uh, early '90s Orlando Magic stories, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, he wasn't like that good of a coach. I don't know why you would call Brian Hill, but you know, if you call hey, Brian Hill, maybe, you call Brian Hill. You know? Why not? You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, give it a shot, see what happens. So, yeah, I always get confused between because the, there's two Jim O'Briens. There's one who was the NBA version of Jim O'Brien, and there's the other Jim O'Brien who was like the Ohio State coach in the um, you know 
the 2000s. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, because the other Joe O'Brien coached for the um, the Celtics, the Sixers, and uh, the Pacers. For uh, Yeah, he's, now he has not uh, coached. He was an assistant coach again for the Sixers in 2018. So it's been a while since he's been in the league. He's a, he's a, yeah, what, a six, he's a 70 at this point. So unlikely he's getting a call in the league, but you never know. Uh, Jason, I want you to take uh, a couple guesses as to who Ooh. added this Wikipedia entry to uh, uh, Jim O'Brien's Wikipedia. Uh, it says, personal life. O'Brien's son, Jack O'Brien, is a noted internet comedian and podcast host. Oh, hmm. <laughs> take a few guesses. I have, uh, I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know, is he? I t- we'll have to have a table that, you know? Yeah, maybe. Oh, you know what? Day. Hold on a minute. No, he's got like yeah. 45,000 followers. So, okay, maybe. All right, all right, fair enough. He's yeah, the co founder of crack.com. All right, I'm sorry oh, to Jack right. O'Brien. Maybe he is. Fair enough. Uh, oh, please yeah, pay us. Good. Hey, Jack, we'd love to be on whatever you're on. Please pay us money. Yeah, so. Sounds great. Yeah. Wonderful. We love it. So, um, yes. So, 300 games lost. Exactly. There is someone who's lost exactly. Larry Costello, coach of the early uh, early 70s Milwaukee Bucks, of course, you know, won the 71 championship. Mm-hmm. Of course, was a great player for the uh, 76ers. Uh, and then uh, ended up leaving the Bucks in the post-cream era. Then had uh, coached one season with the, or even like a half season with the Bulls. And like, hey, I'm just going to give up uh, NBA coaching and then coach at uh, Niagara University for um, for a long time. So uh, kind of interesting story for uh, Larry Costello. Yeah, it exactly, is. Yeah, because yeah, you always would think that like after that Bucks run that he would have like jobs for life. And, you know, right. yeah, the Bulls year didn't go great. And then he just was like, screw this. I'm done. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to do this was, anymore. Yeah. I don't know I if it was, it was him or them or who decided it was over. But, yeah, it's kind of cool that yeah. he just kind of walked away and was like, ah, I'm good. I did what I needed to do. And. I'm going to go coach at Niagara. So that's, that's good for him. Uh, absolutely. Yes. He, um, or yes, he also coached at, um, Oh, he, Oh, I forgot about this. He coached the Milwaukee does the, for the, um, the women's uh, basketball oh, nice. WBL in the, uh, in there. Yes. And yeah, I'm sorry. He did, he played at Niagara, but he actually coached at Utica college. That, oh, that sorry. Yeah. Okay. It was during the, uh, when they were making the transition from, from um division three to division one so um yes so yeah it's sort of an interesting uh kind of thing he, he passed away at age 70 in um in 2001 but yeah it seems like yeah, given the early success that he had you would have expected that he would have had um you know would have had more longevity as a coach but probably just you know decided like hey i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna live my life and do other things and coach some college and you know in division three and everything will be all right yeah yeah good for him yeah all right, we got one more thing. We do. Last one is a game in which exactly 300 points were scored, and we just passed the anniversary of this as well. This happened on March 15th, 1992. It happened one time. The Boston Celtics scored 152 points. The Portland Trailblazers scored 148. It was in double overtime. And we have done an episode talking about this game because discussed previously, sure. this was Larry Bird's 49-point triple-double near the end of his career. We did an episode on the last great games for great players, and Larry Bird, we talked about this game at that time, too. I mean, a 49-point triple-double in 1992, Larry Bird, that's a hell of a game for him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And honestly, this is a hell of a late-season game as well. I mean, Portland is 46-19. and they're, they're awesome. They're on their way to the NBA Finals, obviously. Boston is 36-29. and They're still solid. You know, this is going to be the end of the road for Bird and the end of the road for kind of the Celtics. But, yeah, you know, Bird is still solid. Drexler leads the Blazers with 41 points and 11 assists. Jerome Kersey adds 23 points and 14 rebounds. Terry Porter has 29 points. And, Jason, your favorite player, executive coach, human being, Danny Ainge, with a hot 19 off the bench. So um, He's the Blazers at this point, right? Yes. Now the Celtics, obviously. Yes, yeah, he has turned to the dark side of Portland. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, last great game of, of our Bird's career. I mean, yeah, we did a show about it. We talked about it. I mean, this is this is, this is is it. Like, I think this may yeah. have – was this the inspiration for us doing that entire show? It was. It was yeah. Because exactly. we were like, whoa, this is, like, pretty late in Bird's – I mean, this is when Bird's like, hell, I can't stand. I can't sit. Right. My back's shot. But then, boom, here he goes. Yeah, and he, he had a few – he took it off a few solid games after that. But, yeah, this was, like, the 12th to last game of his career. Um, and yeah, obviously the last, you know, really, really great game when, you know, um, almost 50 point triple double, especially, you know, it was, 
a very rare occurrence in NBA history with, with Westbrook and Harden. It's been a little bit less rare, but still, you yeah. know, only a very small number of players have done that. He extremely, extremely close, but yeah, definitely um, a classic game, really exciting, fun uh, game to watch. We talked with Ben Taylor about this one um, when we had him on the show, it was uh, definitely fun times um, there. So yeah, yeah, I was stunned that there had never been another game in NBA history where two teams combined for, 300 points like that seemed impossible but I, I checked every possible combination you know um up to a, a point margin that would have ever been, happened in NBA history and yeah it um only time that's ever happened where two teams combined for 300 points so yeah yeah it's cool yeah it seems like something that i mean i guess it's not but i mean with as many games as have been played like it's right. it doesn't seem yeah. like well yeah like like you know 151 149 153 147 yeah, yeah like all, especially all, yeah. like over the last few years when like games are are, are getting really high scored yeah. or a game goes to overtime or, or something like that yeah it's kind of it's just kind of I mean, shocking it's, yeah it's, that, it's a high number so you would think it'd be rare but yeah just only one time in nba history yeah yeah oh no yeah for sure like yeah. not something that's happening right. all the time but like yeah a couple right. times yeah. i mean the league's been sure. around and we've had a lot of a lot of games yeah. been played but one time yeah. and it's a really cool game that it happens too it's a really significant game uh that happens which makes it pretty cool Absolutely. um boss we should say kevin kale uh 22 points off the bench uh reggie lewis uh he shot probably nine of 21 but still had 23 points uh, and then Robert Parrish uh, with a 22 and 10 game as well. D Brown adds four points and 11 assists. So. All right. And D Brown is um, my t shirt right now is uh, D Brown um, covering his uh, eyes and uh, the, honoring the no look dunk in the 91 dunk contest, which the day before um, St. Patrick's Day, I would have to say is the number one highlight in uh, Irish cultural history. Yes, absolutely. That's a great shirt. Hell yeah. yeah, yeah. That's an awesome shirt. Good on you. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, so now that I have insulted the Irish, I think we can go ahead and close the show. Yeah, um, they're fine. They'll get over yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for um, checking us out for 300 episodes. Hopefully you've uh, enjoyed the ride as much as we have. You can, of course, find us wherever podcasts are played. Um, and you can also find us on social media at Facebook and on Twitter, both of them are at Over and Back NBA. And Rich, I just want to thank you for being a wonderful partner for uh, all these 300 episodes, and looking forward to many more together. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been an incredible journey. I'm glad I'm glad you reached out to me that one day, and I don't know why I, I forget exactly how it started, but I think you were just like, "Hey, we like wrestling," and I was like, "Yeah," and you're like, "We like basketball too," and I was like, "Yeah," and you're like, "Why don't we do a basketball history show?" and I was like, "All right, yeah, sure, why not?" Yeah. And yeah, I would never would have thought we would do 300 episodes. I mean, we we've been doing this show. I've lived in multiple places. You lived in multiple places. We've gotten married. We've you know, it's just so many different things have happened in the time period uh, of this. We've went through a pandemic. We're still in a pandemic. <laughs> things have gone you know up and down and left and right, and the leagues changed a lot. And the, but you know. NBA history hasn't changed much, and NBA continues to make history. So there's always something for us to uh, to talk about and touch on. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's been awesome, and I hope everybody has uh, has enjoyed this. Even if you listen, if if you just listened to the last episode and that's your first episode, if you've been with us from day one, I mean, we really do appreciate you guys uh, as well for sticking with us and listening to us and uh, supporting us all the way. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and we'll be back again soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.